Hi everybody, I want to welcome you to the Spring Cypress YSA uh, podcast. Um, this is uh, your good friend Agustin Alcantara and I have two special guests with me today. Um, I'm going to introduce uh, ladies first. So we got Jessica Gonzalez. Say hi to everybody, Jess. Hey guys. And we also got uh, Guillermo Calderon. Go ahead and speak. Hello. What's up, guys? <laughs> That's so awesome. Awkward. It's a little awkward for for us right now, but we'll get past it. Um, so yeah, after, yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, when I first, um, uh, the the first couple of questions that I asked Xavier uh, last week, it was kind of hard for him to remember. I would be like, like, hey, bring 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 it bring the mic up to your face, you know, because yeah. he's eventually I see the sound waves on like on the screen so I see that it would go down and down and down and so it took him some time to get used to it but he did he did pretty well towards the end so um yeah his podcast was really good yeah I heard a lot of good feedback about his um I know some even Poblete heard the whole thing and he was like I think it was great it was funny um you know good job um, and everybody kept asking, like, who's going to be next? And I was like, well, I want to have a lady on, but I feel like the ladies are a little hesitant right now <laughs> to, like, you know. Open up. Yeah, and, and I and I get that. Um, I've had two or three people on the guy side who volunteered, and so we'll see who they are. I don't want to give it away yet. Um, but it's, it's interesting how, like, the first few people that just kind of rushed to me and let me know, they were like, Hey, bro, I want to come on the podcast. And I was like, heck yeah, man. You know, so I, I put it in the calendar and you'll see who they are soon. We'll listen to them. For sure. Um, so we're going to do a couple of deep dives into who you guys are. Um, you know, where you're from. What are some spiritual experiences you've had? Um, you know, just anything you want uh, the listeners to to know about you. You know, maybe um, I feel like there's a common uh, misconception uh, in the YSA. Like um, sometimes when we're a little different, you know, like we um, I don't want to say we judge, but we just like like I don't really know this guy too well or this girl too well. And I wonder what they're really like. But I mean, we're ha- we only have limited time, you know, like we're doing activities. We have stuff to do. I swear with like callings and assignments they all have, like you only have. A limited time to do stuff like you know at church right um so at what age um at what age i mean were you both converts were you a convert no no You're, i was born that's right yeah well i was baptized at eight years old okay i guess technically i mean i was baptized when i was eight but uh i wasn't born into the convenio okay the, uh my parents converted uh when i was like I, I like to say about five. Okay. Four, this is five. in California, right? Yeah, in California. Okay. Yeah. That's so, where I was born. So, um, you're in California. I feel like I should start this way right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you were born in California. Um, I know I know your family pretty well. Like I I remember moving to Luetta and um, uh, Felipe Calderon. He yeah. he came up to us and was like, Hey, I'm gonna have some family moving here soon. And that was the first time that I met Leo Rodriguez. Uh-huh. Um, how much older is he than you? Is he? Yeah, I don't even know. I think he's like 26 or something like that. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. probably like five, 22? six years older than me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, when 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 they got here, I was about 18, I want to say. Mm-hmm. 
And then soon after that, I obviously left on a mission. And all I remember seeing like wave after wave of like the, you know, the family coming over. So um, what was it like being a member of the church in, in Cali? I don't remember too much about Cali. Uh, I was seven years old whenever I moved over here. So, I mean, uh, it was like a short, you know how when you're, when you're young, you don't remember too sure. much nowadays. But I do remember like living there, going to church. Uh, we went back uh, a little while ago to to visit, mm -hmm. and we went to the church, and you know everything still kind of looks the same. Uh, and that's when the memory started to come back. Sure. But I mean, over there, it it was different. It really was the the primary. Um, that's where I was in. You know, sure. I, I was yeah. Over there, uh, it was all mainly activities. You know, because when you're a kid, they yeah they just. They try to keep you occupied so sure. you're not fussy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, that's all I remember from there. The, there's not too much. I remember the school that I went to and, like, how I would have to walk to school in the apartments. Because uh, me, me and my family, my cousins, we lived in uh, two apartment buildings that were right next to each other. Okay. And so, you know, we yeah, lived, our whole life we lived, like, really close Close to together. Other. Yeah. That's awesome. What was um, I mean, when you when you moved from California to here, like within the church, do you felt that it was like like the same culture, the same vibe, you know? Uh, I I think it, I think it's a little different, you know. Every everywhere you go to church, it's different. Hmm. Uh, I I've gone to church in Mexico, and that one's really different. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the states, uh, I think we went to oklahoma one time on a camping trip with the with the scouts okay and we went to church on sunday and their church was different you know <laughs> english and spanish it's always different yeah and it's a different vibe you know atmosphere yeah wherever you go i get that i get that um yeah anytime anytime i've gone to church in a different state um i mean you could say that like I mean, for me, if I go to like a different church building, I feel like like I'm welcome. Like I'm, mm -hmm. you know, this is like my home. Right. But the people are like somewhat. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they're different people, but sometimes it is the culture of like where they're from that kind of you yeah, know. You just gotta get used to it. Yeah, they're a little different, you know, than what you're used to. What about you, Jess? Like, what do you remember about like early days? You know, being born in the church and like. Um, like, was your family pretty good at going to church? Like, were you pretty, like, a reverent child? Um, well, well, <laughs> um, well I was, my parents did not um, go to church. My mom was inactive when she met my father. My father wasn't a member. Um, and so at age five, my grandma would take me to church. Um, I remember when it was time to get baptized, um, I was crying because at the time my mom did not want to take us to church. I mean, you know, getting sometimes judgment as well. You feel like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't go to church because I'm doing bad or I'm being irreverent or I'm being mm. like um, not cumpliendo los mandamientos. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so at that time um, she wasn't taking us, but my grandma did. Um, she would take me every every Sunday and. I mean, like I said, I loved primary. I loved growing up. I loved um, Las Mujeres Jovenes. Um, I love the YSA. I, I've, <laughs> the gospel has been great. Um, so, yeah, I've had great experiences. Um, primary, the songs, um, being in HLJ, 
Ocho, I think that was the hmm. time where I remembered the most. Yeah, um, all, all the songs. Yes, all the songs. That's interesting. Because yeah. I, I didn't have a really good experience in the primary. I, I always oh, felt yeah. that like, like... And and bless bless the hearts of the ladies, and like Houston, because this I grew up in Houston three, um, it's it's a uh, it's a lot more city, yeah. a lot more um, um, it's a different mentality. I feel like when when I wasn't living in the Houston three Houston five area, like the friends that I had, uh, their parents, I mean they were trade workers, mm-hmm. you know, but they they're like immigrants, yeah. you know. Some some were like generational Texans, but. I would say most of them were, um, yeah, they were just moving in, you know, and they have one mindset, like, we're going to go work, we're going to work hard, we're going to provide for our family. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't really know what our resources are out there, but um, we know how to work hard, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, primary was like, um, I've got a bunch of converts teaching me something, Um, a lot of old ladies telling me what to do. And I was that kid that was just like, like, I just, I'm so bored here, you know? <laughs> um, but I did have some teachers that I guess um, would appeal to the kids and it made it easier. But for me, primary wasn't the best of times. I used, I remember just like being stubborn. I didn't want to sing. And so like my parents, you know, would have to be called in. Like I was, he doesn't want to sing at my last, <laughs> you know? And so I'd get in a lot of trouble for that yeah. stuff. You know, primary was a whole different experience for me. Um but so uh, give me the age of like when um, you you're going to church and because I know your mother eventually started going to church. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so what age was that? Uh, I don't remember exactly. Um, but I mean, she was she probably took over at age seven, if I'm not wrong. Um, I don't have the correct um, date and time. And statistics. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I do remember that. After I was being baptized, I was baptized. I, my mom was there in the bancas. We were partaking of the sacrament, um, but yeah, she was there afterwards. That's awesome because that that happens pretty often in, in families. Mm-hmm. Like it takes one person to like go through like an ordinance, like baptism. Excuse me, baptism or like I don't know. They're gonna go through the temple, and usually you grow stronger. You grow stronger. The family grows stronger. Mm-hmm. But then also somebody who's probably hasn't been going to church comes back to church, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in my case, um, it was my dad. Um, my dad baptized me, and then uh, Pete is the youngest. Mm-hmm. So there came a time where um, he wasn't going. He never really told us why, but he just kind of stopped going, you know. And Peta was like the youngest sibling, so she's a little more feisty. Um, <laughs> she was like, hey, you need to get ready because you baptized Gus and all my siblings and I'm going to turn 18, so you need to come to church. And so he went to church. And once he went to church and got, you know, he baptized my sister. Soon after that, he became like elders quorum president. Mm -hmm. And then like a year later, they called him to be bishop. So it was one of those experiences where it's like, you know, the Lord, like once he gets a hold of you, then he's like, okay, let's keep you busy now, you know? And um, that's that's awesome, you know, how sometimes, especially like with children, uh, parents tend to, um change their attitude their perspective about that right yeah, for sure. so um it was around primary age that you that your mother came back yeah, right and so your dad's not a member yet obviously right uh, no my dad got baptized mm-hmm. when i was on my mission yeah i remember hearing about that yeah. and um 
I think the whole steak heard about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you guys are that famous, <laughs> or because I mean, like my my family knew your family like mm-hmm. back in the day, oh, yeah. they took and care so of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Jess's mom changed my diapers, and that was <laughs> that was the first experience that I had whenever I went to her house once. I had no idea who Jess who Jess was, and she invited us to her house. Right. And then I walk into to the house, and the, the mom was like, "Are, are you, you Agustin Alcantara?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah," and she's like. I changed your diapers as a baby. And I was like, crazy. I didn't know that. who are you? Yeah. And she let me know, like, I used to live in the same apartments mm-hmm. as your parents. And, um, yeah, that was a weird experience. I, I, and then I came home and the first thing I did to my mom and dad and she was like, oh, yeah, we got stories of them, you know? It's and, crazy yeah. like, how you can hear things from your parents, like, saying, oh, yeah, that lady, like, she changed your diapers. Right, like, right. What? And I thought That's I got, I thought I was done with that because I moved to, I moved to Luetta when I was in, 16 years old and so really everybody that was like from this part of the area town like i didn't really know anybody that well i know mm-hmm. like people on the north side like spring woodlands and like most houston but when i moved to Luetta, like it was a whole different culture whole different type of people and so when i ran into jess's mom i was like this lady like she looks <laughs> like she's barely could be a mom you know uh but yeah that was an interesting experience uh what about you guillermo like was there ever a time that you guys were probably inactive or um, like questionable or. So I think when I was in the youth uh, in Los Jóvenes, my, my dad went inactive for a while. Uh, and I, I don't know why I said it. Yeah. You know, it's always I have heard like of other members in my ward that, you know, they go inactive for like they're in class and somebody said a rude comment. And that, yeah, that, that just takes them off and they just get a, go away from the church and don't come back for a really long time right yeah but i don't know the reason why my dad uh decided to go inactive i haven't asked him yeah uh but he was inactive for a while but my mom she stayed she stayed strong you know in the church that's she awesome would, i would drive at that time so she would be like i don't know i don't know <laughs> wake me up in the morning like let me go to church you know i was like i don't want to go i want to stay right. with my dad you know? but you like, probably want to drive you know uh, so <laughs> yeah, I guess I I kind of did. I mean, I I I love church the the whole time we were in it, but sometimes you know when you wake up and you just like I just don't feel like going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know? But yeah, my my dad he he was inactive for a while, uh. But when we, we just kept on going, uh, my mom and my siblings, uh, we just kept on going. What age going. was this? Do you remember? Did you say already? Um. I I like to say probably when I was like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then you know with the time progressed, and I think it was. Uh, I'd like to say when my sister was gonna get baptized, that my dad. Well, I I baptized my sister, and like my dad, he was still inactive, so I mean he couldn't do it. And yeah. After that, that's when we started to. He got right. He he started to come back, and since then, me and him got called to the bishopric. When he came back after a while, uh, we got called to the bishopric, and that's where we've been so far. Yeah, and he's been active, that's more awesome. active than he used to be. So that's great, man. It's crazy how something like, like we were just talking about that, like a baptism or something that really something switches, you know, mm-hmm. and you want to um, just be a part of that, or uh, in a way, um. I don't know, just be more involved in the things that really do matter more, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've there was a time where I've been inactive, but there was there was no reason. Like I was just, um, 
like before the branch was formed, I was in between um, going to uh, English YSA ward or going to Jersey Village. Nothing against Jersey Village, but I mean, it was just a lot of. <sighs> I think sometimes, like when there's there's older members, mm-hmm. um, there's this common uh, attitude in the church, or maybe not the church, maybe just it's in, in this ward. Where it's people just trying to tell you what to do all the time, you know? I think it's in all the words. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's the best advice, young man. You know, like, do this and do this and go here. And I'm just like, like, I don't want to be told what to do, man. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> right. So that it was kind of rough for me. And, um, yeah, I didn't go to church for a while. And then they announced the branch. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I can fully commit to this. You know, people my age and sports, YSA Institute, why not, you know? So... Um, Jess, give me the, give me an example of like when, like church leaders, um, were pretty played like an essential role in like some of your de- some of your decision making, like in your youth maybe. Well, um, all of my leaders were, have been great until now. Um, I mean, my the president, the girls that I'm around in the YSA, but something, someone who has really captured. Um, or really touched my heart was um, Familia Lestage, well, Hermana Lestage, Anne Lestage. Hmm. She's um, Marie Guillen's sister. I know Marie Guillen. Yeah, yeah the Guillen know. family. Yeah. Well, Anne was my uh, young woman president, hmm. and she just had a different vibe than ever, anybody else. She cared for each and one of us, and it was just the attention she gave us. Um, I was an abejita, I was the youngest one, you know, and so. Hmm. In my opinion, the older ones were the ones that needed the most attention, but she just distributed her attention to everyone. Um, she knew what we wanted. Um, she taught us many things, um, and that's what impacted me most in the life, the way she was with us and the great leader she was. So she's been a great role model, and I, in my opinion, she has been the one that has helped me get through most of the things um she's been in almost all the things when i got um called apart to be in my mission she was invited and in all of my activities i she's always there and i love her till today that's awesome i don't really know her that well and i don't i mean i don't know that this is Kenyan Lakes, right? Growing up, or? yeah. This, uh, well, I was divided into many wards, but yeah. I think she was in Bear Creek, if I'm not wrong. Okay. Kenyan Lakes, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it was in that time. Okay, so is she someone that you kind of take after, like when it comes, like, because now you're you're in a leadership position, right? Like, who are some people, um, if any, that you kind of model, you know, like, um, their sense of like leadership style from? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, um, is there someone who you're like, that person's a great leader. I want to someone be like them. It's raining outside, guys. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm very crafty. And Anel Lesage, oh, my gosh, this is why <laughs> I am crafty. She did so many stuff with us. She did a lot of activities that helped us. Um, and until now, today, I'm in the, you know, president of the um, Relief Society. And that's what we do. We have activities, crafting. We make shirts. We make... Yeah. That, um, Tapetes, how do you say that in English? Mats? Mats. Okay, you know, we, yeah. We custom our mats and, you know, any Mother's Day, we did like a yarn temple. So anything crafty, I she has been a great example of that. That's awesome. So that's where that comes from. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so, right. And my mother, too. If y'all, if y'all yeah. didn't know, Jessica has her own crafting <laughs> business if y'all want to hit her up. Put some plugs in. Give me the plugs. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I could definitely see that um, taking after some some leaders, you know. Um, what about you, Guillermo? Who's like a childhood leader you look up to or someone you kind of um, – I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily – uh, see myself trying to be exactly like uh, like someone who was a good leader to me, um, especially because I'm like imperfect, you know. But I guess if there were someone who you you saw yourself like, I want to be like that guy in a sense, like the good parts of that guy, you know, or yeah. a girl, it doesn't matter, you know. Well, I mean, all the leaders I've had throughout the years I've been in the church, they've been pretty good, and like you know, there's been uh, things like certain things of each of them that have been great. Uh, you know things that they've taught me like my one of our my scout masters uh, his name was uh, Redondo. Uh, he was really good because he loved camping and scuba diving and he would always like <laughs> put the effort you know to try to get us to experience these things with him you know he would he would take his camping out of state uh, nice. and uh, he he tried to he was like a grumpy man yeah, you know, but he still loved us. <laughs> yeah, that tough love. <laughs> you know, and he he was good at teaching classes on Sundays, and like we would always be excited to go to his class because he he would take cookies, right? These like really nice. really good cookies, and uh, they um, he 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 brought them in a container that he had like one of his wife's Tupperware, and like he would say that he would make them. Right, <laughs> and we believed him because they were good. They they felt like they were sure. made. And uh, then one day he we find uh, the rapper in his car because he told us to go grab him. This whole time it, it, he was buying them from Kroger. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, he was he was great. Uh, he taught us he taught us a lot um, on the scout side, you know, um, to to be more self sufficient. Nice and. Uh, you know, he he kind of made us respect him because nowadays what I what I see with the youth, it's kind of hard to for them to stay still, or, sure. You know, pay attention and hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but you know, with with him, with the sternness and including the lovingness he had for us, it was like we we paid attention not not out of fear, not out of because we had to, but you know, respect, respect. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that's kind of what I admired from him. Uh, you know, there have been other leaders. You know, Jr. is a pretty good leader. Oh yeah, he, he's been. I see him everywhere. I don't, I don't know what he's yeah. doing, but he's. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part of it, man. He's you know, something out everywhere. Yeah, that's part of a, a good leader. You know, he's you know the first one to show up, the last one to leave. You know, um, the fact that you don't know what he does that's that's great. <laughs> you know, he's just part of the that church community, part of you know everything that kind of happens yeah. there. Yeah, I wish I would have known Jr. a little better. Um, I got before I left my mission, he had come down. Um, I think he was just done with school and he landed a job here. I think it was, mm -hmm. and literally he got here in the next two weeks. I left, and then right. when I came back from my mission, they had uh, already split Ocrest and Loetta or something. Yeah. Um, but I heard a lot of good things uh, from the young men in the ward at that time. Like, oh, this guy's awesome. He's an Eagle Scout return missionary like he's funny you know i heard a lot of good things about jr yeah um it's cool to see that like um i mean this happened with xavier um last week where he mentioned some people and i'm like dude like we're in the best of hands you know mm -hmm. um mentioning you know jr and how you mentioned like the leaders that you grew up with jess like 
it's crazy how uh in my mind i always felt that our leaders are like improvising uh, and and i'm sure there was some improvising but i mean they play such an essential role that kind of they you know they start um in a way uh mm, like guiding you to what direction we've we're choosing now right um so I, I guess at what age did you decide, Jess, you were considering going on a mission? Was it in high school or? When I graduated or was about to graduate, I it wasn't in my plans. Okay. Um, it was, uh, like I said, my father wasn't a member. Um, and the missionaries came over and taught us about the obra misional. And my dad didn't want, oh, back then, he did not want to even look at missionaries, <laughs> listen, say hi, prayer, none of it. So when he would come home, he would leave his wallet, keys, and he would go straight to his room. So um, that day uh, that I decided to go on my mission, he came in. Uh, they asked him to sit down, but he was like, yeah, I'll sit down. I'll listen, but don't ask me to pray or do anything. <laughs> so it was all about the mission um, and then about helping others and, you know, cosas con obra misional. And um, that, that night... Um, I was like a chiclet to him and I was like, hey, you're going to the store. I'm coming too. So I went right behind him. And when we got back home, he asked me, he never mentions church, but he was like, hey, are you going to go on a mission? And my heart just stopped. <laughs> and I said yes, but I was thinking no. So when I said yes, I went home crying to my mom, telling her that my dad just asked me if I was going on a mission. And so I started to prepare. I decided I was going to go on a mission at age 18. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So at this time, did you start going to the branch yet? Or were yes. you still going to your homework? Okay. Uh, I went to the branch when I was like, uh, I mean, you guys had opened and I was, I was 18, still in high school. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I was going to graduate, I went and I got permission to go before I graduated. Okay. So I was 18. I liked how you said that you got permission to go because yeah. that's that's kind of um, we were going through that a lot in the YSA yeah. at the time. Like there was a lot of guys and I mean, there's still more guys than girls, I feel. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think it has a lot to do with that. Like yeah. um, sometimes sending your, you know, newly graduated 18 year old daughter to a YSA <laughs> ward isn't something that a dad wants to hear, you know. Yeah. Dad or mom, you know, sometimes yeah. the moms are kind of like, nah, they're going to hitch her up or something already. And um, Yeah, that was my only condition. I couldn't go to the YSA. I could go to the YSA ward if I didn't, like, have a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <At the> YSA. <laughs> so, yeah. That's interesting, yeah. So you, you decide to go um, based on that experience, and I guess mm -hmm. it was building up to that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what did, um, what was that like? What was that life like as like whenever you're filling out your papers? Do you see anything going on with your family? Because, I mean, when you got home, your your dad was like, I think, was he was about to get baptized or no, was he already was, baptized? So um, I, I'm the first missionary to leave um, mm -hmm. from my family. Um, and so I was nervous. I did not what to, I I had a lot of help. Thanks to my bishops in that time, Bishop Bell and Bishop Escobar. Um, but I did not know how to fill things out. We had a lot of meetings and we had a lot of help from them. They're return missionaries. Okay. So, but my father was not a, a member until 
uh, that year I was in my mission. He got baptized on November 23rd and I was on my mission. I was buried okay. like three, four months. So did you know about this or did it just like your dad's getting baptized next month or something? So I invited him to wow. get baptized and so I taught my father. You like, you like called home one day and it's like, hey, you need to get baptized or tell me <laughs> what that's like. So um, as many, all the return missionaries, all the future missionaries, when you're in the Sessa Emma, they, um, you do many practices yeah. you know, with investigators. You pretend that you're like the, you pretend you're the investigator, one's the missionary. Right. So um, the first Thursday, um, we were going to go out to proselyte in Argentina. Okay. So um, that Thursday, um, I remember I wrote in my journal that I was so nervous. I wanted to ask someone to be baptized, you know, like every missionary does. So I remember I wrote in my journal, I was going to ask someone, but I didn't know who. Mm -hmm. And the first thought was my father. Mm -hmm. So I, it was P day. We we're going to proselyte after writing to our family. So I invited him, taught him first lesson. I was like, I think you should get baptized. So that's where it started. Next email, he was like, yeah, I think I'll think about it. Mm -hmm. And went straight to lesson five about <laughs> families should be. Yeah. Better. I mean, I feel like so, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's probably a route you wouldn't take with um, <laughs> Any. a common investigator. But I'm sure since your dad's gone to church before yeah. and, you know, to jump right into lesson five, that's, I think anybody with their right mind would do that. Because, I mean, this is like temple ordinances yeah. families could be together forever right mm -hmm. and yeah. so so are you emailing back and forth or is this in a time where um you can like skype home or call home often well, or this email yeah just emails and sometimes since um in paraguay uh in paraguay we didn't have um computers over there like they're called cibers where we go and write okay <laughs> so there wasn't many so sometimes i would have to send letters dang to home. Um, sometimes the Sebers were closed and, you know, it's tough not writing to your family. So yeah, it was both letters and emails. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, I was from an era where like, I, I only had to, people could, the only people that could email me was immediate family. And, um, the only people that, I mean, we, we could have letters, um, but that's like almost impossible to ask millennials. To hand the handwritten letter often mm -hmm. at least you know like i had a couple of friends that would um and on occasion like my siblings and cousins would um but letters i think they only lasted for about a couple months and i did have some friends that were a little diligent with that um but there came a time where it was just like just an email from mom you yeah. know so did that happen to you too? Or did like eventually, were your parents pretty good at emailing you or was it just yeah. your mom eventually? Or? My mom, dad, my brother, not so much. I'll mm -hmm. probably get an email every three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. My sister was constant, but friends, it was so hard to yeah. write to family in 30 minutes. Yeah, um, of course. You know, so it was tough. That's so interesting. Tough. Yeah. So your dad gets baptized while you're on the mission. Um, Give me, give me an experience of what, what it's like being in the mission field now with your, like your companion. Um, did you like her? Was it kind of hard at first? 
Um, I was ready to leave home, honestly. Really? Um, I was... I was excited to, you know, my parents were so strict with me. I love my mom and dad, but they were very strict. Yeah. Um, but I was excited to go off. Um, and I loved my my first companion. She's amazing. She's from Utah, um, Hermana Ackerman. She was a great trainer. Um, and I loved every one of my companions. Mm. Um, I learned to love them. Um, it's very tough um, yeah. living with someone 24-7. Yeah. Um, but you just, you just learn, you know, and it takes lots of patience, lots of learning from each other and communication. Yeah. I like that. Um, I mean, I could, I could honestly say that I, I grew to love maybe all of my companions. There was probably <laughs> one in there, two in there that I just probably never, and probably still don't like. Um, like we've, we've tried. We tried to be boys um, after the mission, like, just talk about it. And it was just like, yeah, I, I mean, in, in my perspective, that guy's a freaking douche, you yeah. know? And so, um, I mean, I, I understand sometimes, especially amongst boys, right? Like, like sometimes you give your friends a hard time. Right. But there's a there's a boundary where it's like, you don't cross this line, you know? Right, right. Um, and it's a line that's clearly established. Um and it doesn't have to do so much with like ego or pride. It's just like, like, an, like an example. He was, his family was, um, or he was born in Chile. That's where his family's from. Um, he was he grew up most of his life in Panama, mm -hmm. and he ended up living in Utah before his mission, right? Right. And so everything was like about like, yo, Panama's better. Our music is better. Mm -hmm. That's where they get thorns from. We have a lot of tourism. It's way better than Texas and. And I'd be like, what? What is? Like, what are we talking about here? Maybe, you know? maybe at the beginning it's funny, but if you keep on doing it, yeah, it's, like, uh, it's always a competition. Every and 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 I mean, I'm y'all know me well enough to know that, like, yeah, I brag about being from Texas, right? <laughs> but it's like, it's like I'm not gonna like be in your face every day about it, you know. And living with a companion like that, it got to the point where I'm like, I'm I'm gonna hit this guy eventually, <laughs> man. Oh my goodness. And um, but luckily I didn't. I was only with him for one transfer. Um. And, you know, it, it, it eventually uh, we're able to be like civil and we could talk to each other at least. Um, and yeah, I mean, we were only together one transfer and then I transferred out um, and we're Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. um, but he's even like his Facebook rants. I'm like, this guy's still behaving the same way. Like, bro, we're <laughs> almost 30, yo. You know, and he was older than I was, too. So he's like probably 32 right now. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, this guy. I just, I I thought that I was eventually gonna learn to love him. Like, okay, this barrier that we have, um, is probably gonna come down eventually, but it never did. And you know, that's just life with some people, unfortunately, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you're you're having a good time on your mission. Uh, give me an experience you had maybe when you possibly, um, um. Give me the, the, the most down of the down that you ever were. Oof, on my mission. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, many of you guys know, but uh, I was followed by a man in my mission. And so that was like the craziest thing, the craziest experience. I mean, being 24-7 um, away from the world and, you know, listening to things that were so inappropriate, so... Um, I mean, very 
bad i get i don't know how to explain it in words this is my first time hearing this (laughs) what the you need to come camping with those guys this is crazy so Mm -hmm. so he's a guy from there from paraguay he's a convert um yes he was a convert from paraguay um some sisters um baptized um taught him he was baptized and um this man liked one of the sisters sure but he went on and you know things happened wow um she had to be taken away had to go home because he kept following her and well mission president decided to put sisters in again okay and so he was still the same still in the area huh yeah still area that's interesting yeah and so almost like a whole year being followed so how long were you in that that well, because you were in that area for almost a year or? No, I was in the area for three months and okay. I was also had to be removed. Wow. Yeah, I was still followed. Um, I did not want to come home. I was praying. Sure. I I mean, nobody wants to come home because of that. Something kind of weird like that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That was so down. I'm sure a lot of prayer, a lot of, um, mm-hmm, you sure. know, I'm, I mean, I'm sure like members had to play a role for that right oh, yeah lots of so them. what was that like and how did you voice that to the members and how did they eventually like help you out with that um well it was crazy he would uh pretend to be an investigator and be looking for mana gonzalez so okay he could teach you know continue teaching him um but one time the hermano was like yeah come over to our house tomorrow she'll be here for lunch so we got there and he was like, he told me like the spirit, I guess he was just like, hey, Mana, we're having him because he told me that he knew you and he'll be coming here for lunch. And I was like, no, that's the man. That's, yeah. You know, that's not good. Let's not do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that's really weird, man. Yeah, so I had to be moved again from that area. Gosh, that's yeah. hard, man. Yeah, I mean, that's, was. I mean, I was, I was listening to, to podcasts um, and they were talking about how um just your average women you know like they're they're um whenever they're in a scenario where it's just like like let's say like it's a guy and a girl getting into the elevator at the same time um she had expressed from from the moment that she knew it was just going to be him and her in the elevator like she was real tense Mm -hmm. and afraid Mm -hmm. you know and i can't i can't even imagine what that's like you know because if that's that's the women and like the basic average um scenario like getting on an elevator you know and they kind of fear for their life or fear for you know i guess in their mind the worst possible scenarios come come to mind you know um i mean i couldn't imagine what that's like living in fear like pretty often you know um i mean there's there's been some times especially like you know and hanging out with some friends or something and you're like in a bad part of town or something you're just like yo this could go south so quick (laughs) you know but um just like you know, putting yourself in that perspective of like what it would be like to be a lady in those scenarios, like it could be traumatizing. So, I mean, what um, did did that, you know, follow throughout your whole mission or did it eventually stop or? No, yeah, it kept going on. Um, I had an interview. I was like three months away. I transfer away, um, a transfer and a half away. Um, and my mission president was like, this is not going to stop. I think you should go home. And I was in tears. Yeah, I can imagine. Sobbing. I did not want to come home. This this was like my 40th interview with him about not coming home. And so he was like, okay, let me just send you to the border of um, Argentina and Brazil. You know, and so mm-hmm. I was there like the last, we opened an area over there. So I was there for like a month because he had, 
uh, six weeks, I had to be watched to so nobody, you know, so he yeah. wouldn't do anything. So yeah, I was in the mission missionary home for six weeks, and then the other six weeks I went to. Okay. Yeah. So give me. I mean, we're at about forty minutes, <laughs> so um, I feel like I need to wrap this up soon, but. Give me a sense of what the people are like there in Paraguay. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. We call them gente de calidad. They're very open. You're thirsty, no worries. Ask the neighbor because even wow. if they're not members, they're so amazing, so open. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what, um, like if you're if you're like you're about to go start proselyting, right? You're gonna go do what missionaries do on a day to day basis. Like you walk outside, and what's something that you see like in the Trees, 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 trees forever yes. for days. I mean, it was campoite. Like there was so many trees. Okay. Um, it's like, I mean, homes like this you can never see over there. But you just come out. You know, you see a, a very humble home in front of you, but you have to walk 15 minutes to see another humble home, and then really, yeah, the city is city, but mm-hmm. the campo it's oh, amazing. So what do kids do for fun out there? Wow, the kids. Um, you know, whatever they find, if they find a a plastic bottle, they start playing <laughs> soccer with it or I mean Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yeah. They, they're very humbled. Um it's it's a very poor area not very poor, but it's not like the sure richest. Um, but they're so humble, they're the kids were amazing. You know, they're playing in the mud, they're Yeah. Having fun. That must be different to see. Mm-hmm. I read I read an article apparently, like I think I I think it's it goes that about two percent of the world makes less than um I think I think it was like the next richest country after like the European and like the United States of the world, right? Like a civilized country. Um they compare them to Mexico because Mexico would be like the next type of like, um, like better off countries in the world financially. And I think it's like 90 something percent of the people in the world make less than what Mexico makes. And it's like a huge gap of poverty. So I can only imagine what it's like being way down in South America where like, I mean, I don't know from, from just from what I hear about Paraguay, like those guys have great soccer players and they really give back to their communities but i mean it's i mean poverty is going to be poverty no matter where you go you know Mm -hmm. um but you're you're finally you know coming back from your mission uh what's going through your mind um what's your family because your your family has probably by now told you that you're probably going to get sealed in the temple right or not yet so what was that like i mean my i got back from my mission my that was like five days in my father went to get his uh endowments okay um and then two days later we got sealed as a family um and then now it's been two years and a half since i've been home since january 4th of 2019 yeah it has been more than two years yeah yeah i remember i remember um being at church when this happened because you i don't know if you had just gotten there or you were going to be released to report to the high counselor or whatever it was but I came and I was like, what's up, Jess? Oh. And you were like, hola. And I was like, somebody give this girl a freaking English. Like, And then I was like, how was it? How are you doing? She's like, 
bien y tú and i was like <laughs> she forgot her this girl forgot all english like well, yeah, that can't be possible that's interesting uh, what is that guarani is like a dialect like language. gibberish it's like gibberish it's not <laughs> gibberish from from where from like the local so, indigenous people or like yeah I really mean, i mean all the older people speak everyone there even the children huh. it's like english here you know for us it's spanish english for them it's guarani Wow. So that's a, a second language of them. That's interesting. I didn't know that about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard. It's, it's something you <laughs> have to study. But like yeah. if, you, if you're if you speaking Spanish down there, do they understand what you're saying? Like mm, Not the older people. Really? It's, I mean, like, ba'echapa means, hey, how are you? So this no, is like, tough. this is a language, like Spanish hasn't really gotten there then yet it, in some communities, I guess. English hasn't gotten there, but Spanish is. But mm. not for the older people. They're more of like, I mean, our our grandparents, you know, they don't speak English. Yeah. And they might be living here for that's years. Fa- that's fair. That's a good point. You yeah. Know, so it's the same over there. It's harder for them to learn it. Yeah. yeah, at an yeah, older age. Older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So you're back. Your family gets sealed in the temple. Um do you decide pretty quickly to come back to the branch or give me that uh you know what that decision's like um i got back from my mission and i got a calling in canyon lakes yeah um so i was there for a while i was there for maybe three months Mm -hmm. um and after the calling i was like i need to do something else with my life i felt like i was stuck Mm -hmm. i wasn't growing I, i i mean i was teaching 12 to 14 year old girls um uh and i I felt like I needed something else in my life. Um, I wanted, I felt thirst. I wanted more. I, I was sure. hungry for more. So I wanted to experience something different. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to go back to the YSA. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like uh, that kind of happened to me too. Um, I was giving like nonstop young men callings and even like Sunday school callings. Yeah. Eventually I had like... Um, I was going to be elders quorum teacher. And I was just like, all right. Like, you know, like, like, I don't know. I mean, and Jersey village, I think at the time it was still Loetta. I was like, like, you guys have plenty of leaders, you know, like, why, why are you guys coming after me so much? And, um, I I don't want to say that it hinders your progress in a sense, but for me, it was like, like, I don't know. Like I see all the YSA and, you know, they're working, they're going to school, they're, having fun and i mean that's I, I don't by any means say that you know you know that you should always do what the lord you know requires you to do but there came a point where i was like i need to be doing more stuff with people my age you know um so that they at least know what you know like they know what i'm going through i know what they're going through we can help yeah. each other out and so when the branch uh, became an option it was like you know without hesitating i made that choice yeah you know um so you come back to the branch what uh what are your who's who's uh relief society president who's the other quorum president um oh debbie was relief society debbie said it there okay i think kevin and johan were elders quorum okay um and then debbie left to school to school yeah and then Keren casco became. okay and you were one of her counselors right i was first counselor yeah. okay yeah, those were good years. I remember. I remember especially uh, Debbie Sarate. She was. Yeah, she's amazing. She, she had a lot of people yeah. who, um, you know, were kind of. I mean, if they didn't really have a friend, like she did a really good job with like befriending them, 
ministering. Yeah. And definitely whenever Karen and Kevin were here, they, mm-hmm. they were pretty good at like helping out those who were a little maybe um, just different maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, we went through a phase there in the YSA where um, we had a lot of people who just kind of needed help uh, spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they were definitely there for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're at like 50 minutes. So yeah. I don't know how to wrap this up, but well, there's like so many questions that <laughs> I still have, but um, you were going to say something? Yeah, just a consejo for everyone that's listening. I mean, always, I think the prayers always, they always tell you like, oh yeah, you should pray, you should pray. But honestly, pray for the decisions you take, um, that you're going to take. I mean, with a mission, with um, going to school, work. Um, it helps you answer most of your questions and mm. I mean you grow from that yeah I like that you um, you kind of find yourself because uh, there's so many rabbit holes you could go down right like mm-hmm. what I want to do with my life you yeah. know what am I going to study especially uh, like things are, are really different now you know like back in my parents time like yeah it's easy for them to say go to school but yeah. Those of them that went to school, some of them are out of work right now, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So you just really have to pray about it. I think it's the best best guide, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me give me your plugs first. What are your plugs about your your business? Promote oh. your business. Yeah. So I mean, hit me up. No, <laughs> follow me on IG. <laughs> no, yeah, just um, IG, Facebook, um, Craft with JSA, four A's. <laughs> what is it? Tell me what it um, is. I do all custom stuff i mean shirts cups bags gifts party chip bags party anything you can imagine anything i mean i can make it i i love crafting it's like i don't know it's yeah i mean go to my page you'll see everything okay okay mm-hmm. so t-shirt stuff sorry my dog just walked in <laughs> so um what oh <laughs> Uh, Memo, what are you, what are you uh, watching on Netflix right now? Watching on Netflix? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, right now I kind of went away from Netflix. I'm on Crunchyroll. Okay, <laughs> what are you doing watching there? No, you're Attack watching on the Titan. Titan. Yeah. Attack on Titan. I just yeah. saw an ad for that because <laughs> I'm watching My Hero Academia. Oh, I finished it. I finished it too, and it's like it right away. It like takes me to Attack, Attack on, on Titan. Titan. Nah, I tried. So, so I was like that too. I was like. Uh, this looks boring. Like, yeah, I don't like watching sub anime. I don't know. It was. I, I love sub. Yeah, I, I love sub I a like lot better. Dub better just because I can focus more on on the what's going on. Yeah, the animation. The, yeah, on the animation. Yeah, right? but they don't they don't have dub for that. So Dang, you I gotta have, read. I was <laughs> like, man, I have to read. Yeah, but I started watching it at the beginning. It is kind of boring, but it gets really good. Like, does it? Further on, it gets really good. I'm on the final season, and it's it's like blowing my mind. Have you had that experience in anime where it's like the first or second episode? Like, no matter what, like you you watch you start watching an anime, and it just grabs a hold of you so good that you're like, I'm gonna finish this. You know, has that happened to you with anime? I think so. I think it was. Uh... With my hero, my hero academia, same. My hero and like it had my attention, and that was it. I knew I was gonna be fully invested in this. And uh, the seven deadly sins. Seven deadly sins. I heard a lot of good things about that yeah. one. 
So those are some good ones because when they start off strong and then still keep on going strong, that's, yeah, that's when it like really catches your my attention at least. Yeah, Attack on Titan. I saw the first episode and I was like, man, you're gonna you're gonna eat my mom like you're gonna eat my mom the first episode and really get try to get into my feels that quick i was like man you're trying too hard man i was like you're trying too hard no thanks but everybody keeps telling me to go back and try it again but i probably will soon Try but yeah uh give me what you're listening to right now like music or uh i like listening to to corridos okay and uh a lot of the kind of trap reggaeton sure. type of stuff. You know? Who's someone recently? Bad Bunny Period. and uh, <laughs> Baboni. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an example of um I mean also like that that would be it, the example, right? Like Bad Bunny. But this is there any like So my favorite artist is like Nathaniel Cano, right? I don't know if you heard of Corridos Tumbados. No. No. Gus, oh my. I'm God. sleeping a lot of stuff. So I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if you like it. It's a lot of. There's a lot of hate in it. You know. Okay. Like they. They have talent, right? Yeah. These, these kids, they have talent. It's mm-hmm. new music. You know, sure. They're coming up with new music. He's the one that started it. It blew up, and a lot of people hate it because like that's not corridos. It's the same thing with the like, new versus old rap. Sure. Sure. Everybody's saying yeah. that nowadays everything is mumble rap, right? Everything is mumble rap, and they say everything yeah. is garbage. Everything in the old days is better, you know. But it's it's not that bad, you know. It, it's, yeah. Uh, what everybody likes, I like it. I like old corridos and new corridos. Hmm. Those new ones. I've sure never listened to that ever. Like, and and and, and it, I think it has to do with like what I was raised with, because right. I mean I, that's just something that we never listened to around here, you know. Right. But listen, like hanging out with like Kevin back in the day, like this fool used to always play it, right? Yeah. He would. Um, yeah, my dad used is loves corridos, so that's yeah, where, <laughs> that's where it comes from. Would listen to Chalino Sanchez. I don't know if you've heard of him. I've heard Who of it, but nah, I wouldn't yeah, say like no. Nah. del Norte. Yeah, obviously. Quintanilla, stuff yeah. like that. You know, and then well, when this started to come out, you know, it caught my attention, and yeah, from there I started liking. I like 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 Tejano music. Tejano. Um, I mean, I like like Duelo. I like um, oh, no, Intocable. Tenia. I love stuff like that. Um, but, um, no, nah, I just never really ventured into anything else after that. And I listened to that because I mean, like that, try, try it. Let me know what you think. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will. Um, Jess, what are you, what are you, uh, watching? Um, what are you binge watching right now? Oh, everything. What have I not watched? Um, I, I guess the last thing I watched was elite. It's like a new show. It's like, I love, um, shows Espanoles. Okay. Um, like anything. Oh my gosh, you're so good. So like novellas and stuff. Yeah. Or? Um. Okay. There's like a, a type of uh, movies too. The the I don't know what they're called. Like, Have you seen La Casa de Papel? I I oh tried gosh. to get into it. I saw the first season. Um. I just I wanted to see more action. You know, it's like uh, a lot of talking and a lot of drama. You know. Own. I mean, yeah. that's it is a drama. Yeah. yeah. But there is more action. There's a lot of like intellectual stuff. Yeah. You know, with the planning. And stuff, sure. You know? Yeah, I get that. I mean, I think for planning and stuff like that, like, have you seen the Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve oh, movies? Oh, yeah. I love those movies. Uh-huh. We, you saw, know? we saw two of them. Yeah, we did. Yeah. The, the 13 was actually pretty good. Oh, really? And I, I really recommend watching that one. 12. By, the, yeah. by 13, they're a lot more um, like a classy type of a thief. Mm. You know, it's like 007, you know, yeah, you're like, yeah. you know. But, um, but yeah, what are you listening to, Jess? 
I mean, same old, same old Bad Bunny. Yeah, I was going to say, I think everybody knows you listen to Bad Bunny. <laughs> you made it known enough. Uh, go to a crafting page, there's a lot of Bad Bunny merch. <laughs> That's awesome, guys. I think we got it. What do you guys think? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having us. Yeah, for sure. You know, anybody who wants to uh, come on the podcast, kind of tell your story, definitely reach out to me. Um, I feel like this is a good opportunity just to get to know I mean, I, I definitely learned a couple of things from both of you, you know, um, I think sometimes, you know, uh, because of limited time, you know, we don't really get to observe as much information as we can. Sometimes, you know, stuff goes right over our head, you know, because we got stuff to do, you know, right. we can be caught up so much with like the work or, you know, activities yeah. and stuff and helping out a friend, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, thank you guys for coming. Anything else you want to add? I think I'm good. No. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of the whatever this is. This is Spring Cypress YSA podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Outskeet. <laughs>